0: Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, reconnecting to the essence of you. I have Stephanie Banks today with me. She's an author, intuitive channel medium, spiritual guide, coach, mentor, speech language pathologist, lactation specialist, and doula. Stephanie helps people find clarity in their lives by providing insight through her channeling and coaching gifts. She believes we all have the innate ability to channel and connect to our higher selves and our divine nature. Stephanie feels it is her role to support others in finding their inner voice and trusting their inner wisdom. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to Back to Basics. Hi, Leticia. And thank you. Well, I love I love all the things you do, and while we have spoken before, and we'd share more about that, I did not know that you were a doula. I'm learning new things. That's great. Yes. So I don't currently do doula work, mm-hmm. nor do I currently do
1: lactation work, nor do I currently do speech pathology work. But those have all been very important parts of my professional, varied professional career, and I have loved all of them. So I can speak to any of them, but I don't want to give the impression that I have held my certification in all of them because I haven't. My, no. my work now focuses only on the intuitive channeling. So That's it's, great. It's, that's
0: great. It's part of your journey. So that's what we're here to talk about. And so, Stephanie, obviously, you know, we've had all sorts of guests in Back to Basics, but I do actually think you... Probably are the first or second that does channeling and all this, you know, that really yeah, has a powerful messaging around this. I'm very excited. And so let's, uh, if you don't mind, why don't you share a little bit about your earlier years? Mm-hmm. Because I'm I'm not sure if from where you were, little girl, did you think this was something you were going to get into as an adult? Well, how the journey been for you in terms of <laughs> what were you passionate about? In your mm, young I years. was, yeah, I was just a normal kid. Mm-hmm.
1: So I loved and loved animals and I loved trees and I used to talk to trees and talk to animals and I would, I would hear and sense them communicating back with me. But that is not that a lot of kids are like that. That's not anything I would consider to be outside of the norm. I had no idea as a child that I would eventually create and step into a career Channeling from souls. That was not even a thing in my awareness. That didn't become part of my awareness until about 15 years ago when I met a dear friend. She ended up being one of my best friends, and she happened to be an intuitive channel. So she would channel from the soul perspective or from the spirit perspective. And I sat with her and we created a lot of different gatherings of women. To hear these messages that would come through her, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is so cool! I wish I could do it. In my mind, I thought it was only something for a special few people, and you had to be born with a particular gift. and And lucky her, she had it, but poor me, I didn't. And that's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we actually all have the ability to connect to divine energy. That's we are divine energy, I believe, and um, and it's our nature. So that's what I'm passionate about now, not only doing the channeling, but teaching others how to access that place within themselves and trust it, uh, because I do envision a world in which we are guided by that inner voice of wisdom. That world is one where we are living in harmony with the planet, with each other, where humanity cares for one another, where we have levels of compassion, that don't allow for the things in the world that are going on right now in terms of the divisiveness and the the angst and the the difficulties. So that's what
0: I see. I didn't see that as a child, but I have grown into that through my adult experiences. Interesting. And in getting to that, because I'm always curious about how we maybe think we want something, but then we discovered that it's not what we want. And it, it goes also aligned with the this intuition conversation, right? So, you know, we've had guests that say, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. I was so passionate. And then they I went in and say, oh no, 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 no. This is not at all what I want to be. You know, and then they had, they were courageous enough to to change. So I always like that kind of conversation because I know there's a lot of people that get stuck in a career or in a situation in life where they think they have no option. So when you met your friend, you basically, I would say you follow your intuition into getting more intuitive, <laughs> so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, in all those various professions I've had, I have loved everyone. I i wasn't, I never feel felt like I made the wrong choice. You know, when I when I was in college and I was trying to figure out what i want to study what what am i interested in speech pathology was a very natural thing for me to study because i love language i love talking i love, <laughs> I love the brain learning how the brain works and what it controls and which parts of the muscles and and the thinking process and the motor process is involved. And speech pathology happened to be the perfect fit to encompass all of that. And I knew I wanted to be in a healing uh, and in a medical profession. Mm. So that was perfect for me for 20 years. It was perfect for me. And then during the last years of that work was when I became exposed to channeling. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is interesting too. Let me see, let me see what I can uh, learn here and what I can understand. And so while I was working as a speech pathologist, I was also taking courses to learn how to use my intuition more fully. I was taking courses from a world renowned psychic medium, learning about mediumship, reading everything that I could about connecting to ancestors on the other side of the veil practicing, keeping these circles of women going with my best friend. And then in between all of that, I also love women and pregnancy and breastfeeding and babies. So I said, let's bring that in too and study this and get credentialed in that. So along the way, I've also supported many, many families in their journeys through parenthood. Interesting. Interesting. And I
0: will say, and this is not where because I definitely want us to focus on on the important work you're doing. I but when I got pregnant and I come from a very traditional, you know, society and I'm from Venezuela, everybody almost everybody gets a C section. I mean, the doctors tell you, oh, you have a, a C section. And I've always been so curious that I started reading so much. That I actually, when my doctor here in Miami told me in week 30 that I was going to get a C-section because my son was, you know, breached, I say, um, I don't think so. I have 10 more weeks to go and I want to learn everything I can. I want to give the baby a chance. I did not want to. So I actually switched doctors in week 33 (laughs) or something like that. And I was going to have my baby with a doula in a, in a, you know, natural birth center. And, but, you know, and I tried everything and I read everything and I learned so much about things you can do to try to make the baby turn for anybody out there that's pregnant. I mean, I am I have nothing against C-section, but I, I do think we as women have to try everything we can to go the natural way. And, uh, you know, my son never wanted to turn. That's the truth. And so I ended up going with probably the only doctor in, ho- in Florida that would do the breach deliveries. Okay. But it had to be at a hospital because you cannot have it at a birth center. And then even then, after 14 hours of labor, when he told me, I don't think this is going to happen. And then I said, OK, I have a piece. And it was a C-section <laughs> delivery, but I did everything I could. And, you know, it was great. So I, I And then I learned about doulas and the important work uh, they do in trying to help women give birth naturally. It's incredible.
1: Yes. Well, first of all, I really want to honor you taking a stand like that because you're right. Birth is very medicalized, especially in, in this culture I'm speaking to. So it's, it's not looked upon as a natural event. It's looked upon as a, 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 an illness sometimes, oh, yes. Yes. something that needs to be medically managed. And what happens is that if you want, your, if you want to work with your body, it is very hard to do that inside the medical model because they, a lot of medications and interventions are pushed on women who don't necessarily even want or need them, but think that they do because they keep being offered or they keep getting messages that, oh, this is going to be way too painful. You don't want to have to do this without an epidural. So it was very important to me. I became a doula long before I got pregnant, years before. Mm -hmm. And some of that was just self-interest. I wanted to learn as much as I could about the process so that when I was ready for it, I would feel more empowered. And doulas will help women have natural unmedicated childbirth or any type of birth they want. So I have had clients that wanted their epidurals in the parking lot and I would help them (laughs) advocate for that, get the Mm -hmm. epidural as soon as possible. And then I had other clients who would, say deliver twins naturally without any pain medication. And there are physicians who will do that. I myself had um, two of my three babies born at home. I was very fortunate to mm-hmm. be able to do that and have a midwife and a water birth. And so there's so many ways to birth and it's a woman's choice, a family's choice, how they want to do that. And doulas are the key to the support.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. It's a little bit of script, but I love it. And, uh, you know, maybe we should have another episode on breastfeeding and and give childbirth, because I always say they give you people, they do baby showers. They do all this stuff, which I never I never had a baby shower. Like officially, I don't, you know, it's it's just all those things. Uh, But in any case, but and then the most important things, which is Lactation and those kind of things. You're alone and you have not very people that help you with that. And again, it's one of those things that depending on how you tackle it, it can be so easy and go so smooth. Or it can be a pain in the neck, right? So, and all these limiting beliefs that people, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not big breasted. So I, I heard right. all the time, oh, you're going to have problems. I breastfed both my kids for a year, never had formula. You know, it was a, a great experience. So, yeah, we have to put that in the books maybe for another yeah. episode. But the channeling that you do. And I'm going to disclose that as me and Stephanie got introduced by a dear friend and we got to know each other, we planned for this episode. We said, you know, well, she offered, she said, would you be open to trying? And I'm, as I say, I'm a curious person. And I say, yeah, it's nothing I've never done. But, uh, you know, it was uh, quite an interesting experience. I was overwhelmed by it. So tell us a little bit more about the whole Channeling experience and what you're on a mission in terms of, uh, as you call it, channeling other people's souls.
1: Yes. Okay. So channeling for me, as I said, is simply connecting to divine energy. We can call divine energy anything we want to: source, creator, love, spirit, God, whatever. Whatever words uh, provide comfort and familiarity to you. We are all channels meaning that we all are able to receive information, insight, guidance, love from spirit. Most people don't know this about themselves, but most adults don't, but they did know it when they were children. We all knew as children how magical we were. We all were present to, on some level, a world that went beyond the three-dimensional Sometimes that can be, you know, maybe we had imaginary friends, or maybe we saw fairies in the forest, or maybe we had conversations with our pets. There's so many different ways that children tap into this innate, deep connection of, uh, of love. But as we grow, culture and society and sometimes religion and sometimes family starts to give messages that that stuff isn't real. And you, you can't pay attention to it. And so we, we divest ourselves from it. We, we put it aside. We ignore it or deny it. A lot of the clients that I work with who I'm teaching as children have felt these very powerful, intuitive understandings and knowings. But at some point in time, they got the message that that was to be feared. So they put it away. And the good news is that it never goes away. We will always, you know, you can always tap back into that through a process of learning to trust yourself again and listening, sometimes meditating. There's a lot of different strategies that can put you back into contact with your inner wisdom. I know I have, I have no doubt in my mind that we are all capable of this. For me, what I learned to do was to get out of my own way. I learned to let the messages come through as they came through, to speak them with as much clarity as I could and from the highest vibrational loving place that I could create. And that is my responsibility as a professional channel to maintain my inner state as high vibrational and clear as possible. So I have even more of a responsibility than, say, I did in speech pathology. Um, for example, because the, the realms that I'm going to and the the directions that I'm reaching require me to be of a particular availability. If it's going to be clear, if it's going to be useful, if it's going to be beneficial for those that I channel for. So I do a lot of self-care. I do meditate. Um, I do have, there's a lot of different ways to meditate. I don't always sit with my eyes closed in a, in a dark room. I almost never do that. But meditation can be in nature, which for me, it often is. And so that that's my commitment to, to this work so that I can serve those that I channel for more clearly and in the highest way is that I have to show up as clear and open and full and high vibrational as possible. And then the messages that I allow to come through, I know are of that frequency because it's just like when we're in a really bad mood and everything seems to be going wrong and people are grumpy with us and things are breaking in our house and we're just in a bad mood. Well, there is some truth to whatever energy we are emanating. That's kind of a point of attraction for whatever energy is coming towards us, we, we magnetize these things. Mm. So if I'm in a lower mm. vibration, I'm responsible to say I should not do a session right now or I need to do this practice in order to clear that, in order to bring myself to a different vibrational state. So I don't know if that answered your question. But yeah, that's absolutely.
0: It's so interesting and I'm sure and I hope, I'm, I'm pretty sure that because these are things that you know, when, when even when we spoke, you said, are you open? And I'm, I'm a religious person, but I believe and I know a lot of religions like, uh, you know, I'm not into the, you know, that concept of I want to know the future. And no, but I'm on the concept of I know that everything I do has an, an impact in my life. <laughs> And I do believe in energy and, but I think we don't speak a lot about it because as you, as you said, a lot of these concepts are misunderstood. And so I do feel a responsibility to almost like tapping into my true potential as a human being. It's like, what am I leaving unused here? Why am I not caring to explore? And so that's why I became curious. But one of the things I'm pretty sure somebody out there maybe having a question is because I've heard it a lot is about that high vibration, low vibration. Like, am I to say that a low vibration is like linked to negativity or how would you explain like getting out of a uh, low vibration and going into a higher vibration? A great question. So going
1: on the belief uh, that we are energy, because I do believe that we are, there are many different frequencies, vibrational fields that we can hold. And when we talk about low and high, we have a tendency, low vibration and high vibration, we have a tendency to lump them into categories of good or bad or positive or negative. But really energy is just energy. It it doesn't have to have a label. Mm -hmm. But if you talk about your feeling, like how you feel in your body, let's talk about food for a moment, because this is a really good example that can illustrate high vibrational foods and low vibrational foods. If you sit down to a meal and you have a big, beautiful, colorful vegetable plate, for example, all sorts of plant and, and fruits and plants and seeds and um, just nourishing, brightly colored, delicious looking foods. Those are high vibrational foods. They are close to their their live state, right? Maybe they just came from your garden. So they hold that beautiful frequency of the earth. They are ready to nourish your body. You are going to feel most likely really good when you eat that plate, that salad, that that dish, because uh, it's highly nourishing. It is designed for you. It is produced from the earth. It is in its very natural state. Now you sit down to a meal and you have highly processed foods and you have highly refined sugars and you have um, fats and oils, you know, that are hydrogenated. (laughs) So all kinds of things that we know are not ideal for us. And by the way, no judgment. I eat cupcakes for breakfast sometimes. So I'm not judging anybody (laughs) for what you eat, but we know by now how we feel when we eat different things. And so if you sit and you eat those highly processed, high fat, high sugar, high salt foods, you are not going to have the same energy. You are not going to have the same feeling in your body. You are not going to feel necessarily uplifted and joyful and ready to connect with others because of the source that you're giving your body of the energy you're choosing in this example with food. So our energetic bodies are similar. They hold different frequencies too. And nobody is only in one vibrational field all of the time. It's just like how we, we have to take care of our skin for our skin to be clear and healthy. And we have to take care of our digestive system and our hair. You know, if we ignore these things, then they, they have less luster, they have less shine, they have less health, less vitality. And the same goes for our energy body, for our energy fields. So when we talk about feeling in a high vibration, to me, when I am in a high vibration, I feel so much gratitude, so much joy, so much vitality, energy, excitement, enjoyment, enthusiasm. Those are the high vibrational feelings for me. When I'm in a lower frequency, I feel grumpy and cranky and tired and irritable, crabby, blameful. You know, I mean, I could go on and on, and so not to judge good or bad because we are complete beings and we're going to have all the feelings. But that's how it's 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 harder to be in that lower slump of frequency and bring yourself up to the higher frequencies than to be in a, a more middle ground place and be able to um, navigate in between.
0: That's great, and I and I take it that some of the work you do when you do these for for others. Is to help them adjust that vibration or just identify it yeah. better? Yes.
1: Yeah. So when I'm teaching a class, for example, my learn to channel class, we spend a lot of time in the foundation of our frequency. What feels good? We, do, we actually do a lot of dancing uh-huh. in that class dancing is an incredibly useful, powerful, effective way to change your frequency in a moment. Mm. If you're feeling really crabby or grumpy, put on your favorite music and jam to it and let your body move the way it wants to. It inevitably will raise your frequency, make you feel better. You have shed whatever was like making you feel heavy or sticky or lower and you can move more freely. So we do a lot of dance. We also do certain meditations that I have selected are are known to raise frequency. We also say we we use certain mantras. I happen to be in Sanskrit because I find that to be a very, very powerful language to use mantra. Um, there's lots and lots of ways to calibrate our frequency.
0: Mm. That's uh very interesting and I, and I have to say, as I've been in my own let's say personal growth journey for a few years now, and more and more I align myself with words like that like calibration, like learning, mm-hmm. even this podcast, you know it was born from that. Back to basics, or I, what I guess my back to basics is my higher frequency, and and when I am having back to basics conversations and putting, you know, just exploring new things and being aligned with what we feel, then that's I guess my own way to just feel good, and so just by having this conversation, you know, or conversations like this on an ongoing basis, that's how I discover I can keep myself at that higher energy level. Because when I don't and and when weeks go by and maybe I didn't do tapings of or any had any new episodes, I feel it. I feel like I'm missing my, you know, my dose of of uh, inspiration and and intriguing conversations. Yes. So that's great. And so I, of course, will have your web page and I invite people that, you know, that are curious about any of these, not, you know, just to explore what's out there. And I know you have a lot of I've been on your web page before, but as I was preparing for this interview, I see that you have a lot of new interesting stuff or maybe I missed. Tell me about you have, of course, you have your You Can Learn to Channel Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a, a whole master class on it? You can also channel for others, anybody that's curious, you know, and, and want to delve into it, uh, which I did. And I highly recommend just to to experience it and and see if it's something that it's aligned with you. But also you have something that I found interesting is soul, par- soul parties. Is that how you call it? Yeah, soul parties. I yeah. love that. Tell us a little bit about, about that.
1: Oh, those are super fun. So that, so I do a lot of channeling groups and that is just a gathering of people. And I go around the room, a zoom room or a real room, and everybody gets to ask a question and I channel the messages for each person. And so a soul party is when you want to host something like that, but with your nearest and dearest. So sometimes it'll be um, an entire family, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, everybody gathers and I channel messages for the whole family and that's a soul party. Other times it's a group of women who are really close friends and they are looking for something very, very meaningful and deep and impactful to do um, to support each other and also just to to go a little bit beyond what we what we see in our third dimensional world. So I will do, you know, They'll, have, they'll gather people and I will do a soul party for them and everybody gets um, channeled messages. And the beauty of doing groups is that even though it might be somebody else's question that I am channeling, it, it, the message is universal. So there's a universality to the insights and the guidance and the support that is available to all of us. So it might be somebody else's great aunt Trudy that's coming through, but it resonates very deeply with everybody else there. And that's because it's for us as well. Spirit is is universal in that way. We are really not separated from it. We are it. So uh, whatever feels good and
0: feels resonant, we get to use, we get to keep, we get to claim. Mm, that's so interesting. And you know, you made me think, because I know that when you are not in like this mode, you, a lot of people that maybe are either non-believers or not have haven't been exposed to uh, like the energetic field. Mm-hmm. And I I think it was Carolyn Mice that, that I follow mm-hmm. some of her teachers, teachings, And uh, she's explaining, that's when I say, oh, that makes so much sense. I say that we have been trained to be sensorial beings. So if we cannot touch it, if we cannot see it, if we cannot speak it, we believe that's not true. Right? It doesn't exist unless we can put our hands on it or we can name it. And the truth is that we all have experienced love and we cannot touch it. And that doesn't mean it's not there. And that, to me, has been the most powerful comparison I've ever heard about this energetic world. There is because we do, we do experience that energy. And yet some of them we have labeled like that's love, that's hate. And so because we are so familiar with those feelings, we almost take it as if we could touch it, but the truth is we can't. And so why not to think that there's so much more out there in terms of, as you say, messages, energy, you know, that we are not even aware of because we are not open to exploring it. Absolutely. And, you know, we, the beliefs that we hold, we have chosen. A belief is just the
1: thought that you think repeatedly until it becomes something you absolutely believe. So if you're willing to learn a little more about something or go a little deeper into something, it just might help to shift some of your beliefs. And that's not a bad thing. In fact, it's it's what we're here for. We're, we're supposed to evolve. That's why our souls are here to learn, to grow, to get closer to divine love and energy and, and, and the all that is. And so even if it's not, I always tell people, bring your skepticism. That's perfectly fine. You keep your belief system. You do not have to let go of your religion in order to benefit from, from this work or this type of healing that comes through. Um, keep all the parts of you that, that work for you and open up just that little bit of your mind in the place that doesn't know everything because we don't, and we never will know everything and open up that place in your heart. That's willing to receive Something that might prove to be life-changing, relationship-changing, transformational in any way. That's all that's required to, to receive the benefit of this
0: beautiful energy that comes through when I channel. Mm, that's beautifully said. So, so Stephanie, as we're reaching the end of the interview, I always leave an empty, uh, an open microphone rather. Are there any interesting projects, anything that is exciting you these days that we haven't touched upon that you want to share with the audience? You know, you have uh, an opportunity to highlight anything you wish. I would
1: actually like to invite everybody to get in, uh, to fall back in love with our planet and all the life upon it. She is suffering right now at the cause of human behavior. And so plant your seeds, grow your gardens, feed your animals, adopt dogs and cats, connect to life. Uh, it's why you're
0: here and you can be a healing force for it. Hmm. Thank you so much. And so, my last question is always, what makes you tick in the moments where you are on that low uh, vibrational energy? And you mentioned nature might be one thing, but are there any other things that you really are your go-to things to to reconnect to your the essence of who you are?
1: Mm-hmm. It, for me, it is nature and it's my dogs. <laughs> And my kids are in there too. Uh, but, you I was know, about they, to say, are you daughters? <laughs> they they can <laughs> the be, soul. you know, they, they can be on either side of the coin depending on what their moods are. <laughs> so uh yeah, but the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, all all life on this planet is very, very precious to me. So it, it calls it calls forward a
0: higher version of myself. Mm, that's that's great. Well, uh, you know, I definitely we will, will have your webpage, which if I'm not I'm mistaken, is Mm -hmm. soulinside.com. So it will be in the show notes so that people can check you out. And I really, you know, coming from experience, uh, I'm happy I was open to experiencing the channeling and all I can say is it it rang true to me. And I pretty much believe that that the message, as you said, is universal. So there's nothing bad can come out of it and just uh, by applying some curiosity. So... Thank You so much, Stephanie, and I hope to see you uh, or he have you on a new episode, maybe on, on some of the subjects we touch. Thank you so much, it's a pleasure speaking with you at the PTF. Thank you, bye bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.